1: Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And thank you for joining us this Saturday on My Talk 107.1, where we talk every Saturday morning from 9 to 11 about food, about fun, about all the crazy good eating and drinking that's happening in town. I met
2: someone yesterday who said, oh, yeah, that My Talk 107.1, sometimes I listen. <laughs> and I was like, but and you've never heard our radio show? She's like no, like Saturday mornings,
1: nine to eleven. We've some been people, on for twelve years. But then again, some people you bear, you know that are in your daily life never acknowledge it, and are daily listeners. Yes. You know what I mean? Like people you run into or people you work with and then all of a sudden they come out they're like, oh no, I heard you last week talking about what's and what's. And I'm like, you listen? Yeah. Oh, great. So if you're a new listener, welcome. Welcome. If you are a old listener,
2: please tell some friends so that we get more listeners because that's always good too. <laughs> you know.
1: But it's great. It's and you great. can always
2: listen to the podcast too. Mm-hmm. The, our... Uh, our weekly podcast, where we offer exclusive content that is different than the radio show, because we can really spend time talking about things like scraping mold off the sour cream and eating Listen, it anyway.
1: Then it, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna level with you guys. It basically ends up being therapy for Hanson. So. <laughs> It's it's a good thing. It's a good thing, but I don't it's that it to be therapy for him I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. It's just honestly it's because we get to dive a little deeper because we have time because we don't have the commercial breaks coming at us quickly. And
2: <laughs> this is probably surprising for people, but we really don't spend a lot of time together outside of the radio show. We're in kind of the same universes and sometimes they collide. Yeah. But a lot of times they don't. So we're just kind of off doing our own things. So it's a chance for us to just spend time together and catch up
1: hey um something to talk about uh some news that happened because you know besides the weekly dish we are also part of uh something called podcast on a stick which is about the state fair and so that is going to be something that launches uh closer to august with fresh episodes and everything we did it last year we're gonna do it again this year we
2: did one episode that was the new foods reveal right right that you can now find on itunes or podcast one or wherever you find your podcasts
1: but basically um it really kicks off you know, as we start to get into the fair. But what I wanted to say is that there has been a development at the fair. Did you hear this week?
2: Stephanie, I did. Controversy. All the listeners.
1: Okay. So what happened is one of the new, uh, the new state fair foods was, uh, going to be up at the hangar, which is a, which is a fully new, you know, up in the north. They took over the dog area and moved everything around and they basically opened this giant pole barn. <laughs> awesome place that packs in hundreds of people at a time for live music and, you know, lots of food. And there's a couple bars. Kind of to build up the North end like they yeah. had in the West on the yeah. West end. Yeah, definitely of the new improvements and stuff. So anyway, the hangar is sort of known, you know, they've they kind of were trying to push. They're kind of fun and, you know, kind of trying to push boundaries a little bit. Well, their new food this year, which was accepted by the state fair, is was supposed to be donut holes. They call it the wing walker donut flight. And it was a, uh, it was, it was, so you get a bunch of donut holes and then you got three fillings. So like a vanilla, a strawberry and a chocolate in a plastic syringe in their own syringe that you were to inject your uh, donut hole with. So it was almost like a stuffed, you know, like a Bismarck, if you will. And uh Wow. Lots of people got mad at that, which they do do this at like weddings sometimes. Oh, this and is not catering. A, like I've not, seen it around. Yeah, it's not new. I mean, uh cupcake or uh, well, I guess they have those other little syringes that have like you can infuse your cupcakes with booze too. You can just kind of squish them there. Those ones are a little bit. Thinner than the ones that they had pictured. These guys had like actual pump syringes instead of just a little squeeze bottle thing. Um, but anyway, the sale of the product uh, p- made people so angry because of the use of uh, single use plastics. So people were envisioning you get a an order of donut holes, and then there's three plastic syringes which you're throwing away, and those plastics aren't recyclable. And basically, they signed a petition. More than 3,000 people and Change.org said the waste generated by them over a 10-day fair run is absurd. In addition, the image conveyed by syringes being cool and containing treats— not to mention being littered around the ground is one we should not be wanting to promote. So there's two things here. One is the littering. One is the image of a syringe being cool. I get the littering. Because I did kind of actually think, like, wow, that's a lot of syringes that's going to be all over the place. But because I think I've seen syringes in other places, it doesn't have
2: It to. didn't outrage
1: you. It didn't outrage me with a drug connotation. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess the funny thing is, if you think about it, and in the aspect of having there be... You know, hundreds of people ordering this stuff, and then having those syringes like maybe lying around on the floor—that does look a little weird. Maybe. It does look a little bit like a park in Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. So I don't know. So anyway, the whole news is that they uh, they you know the voices were heard, and the hanger is removing them, and the, they took them off the new fair list. And there are it they going to do the little mini donuts and do it some other way? They're going to dippers. So oh. they're going to put you in a compostable tray. And then they're gonna have three compartments, and and then you can dip into the sauces, which makes so much more sense fine, not as fun it's yeah, not as fun it's okay it's not as fun just saying i'm i'm it's fine, it's totally fine, just saying like it's not as fun that's all, and as a kid didn't you when you ever got like a like like a syringe for I mean I remember we had one for our dog to clean out their ears kind of yeah we
2: would use it to squirt squirt water god, it was the funnest thing to have around
1: (laughs) you could just squirt things it was
2: like a super cool little squirt gun I do think that I don't know we're not going to save the world from doing drugs because somebody syringed their donut at the state fair but your image of the syringes laying all over the sticky beer, beer- <laughs> laden floor does yeah. harken back memories of being yeah. in some European cities. I will say that.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, is I don't, I, fine. You There'll know, be
2: people all around, fine. like on the ground, like. Just hanging out because they're so full from all the donuts and the syringes that they've consumed.
1: Yeah, well, more from anything <laughs> like, that hey, it's man, just like
2: you want another, you want another
1: donut hole. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm definitely more about the overflow of garbage being a problem. I'm you know because you see that anyway, yeah. and that's a big thing. So and fine, which
2: okay. kind of brings us back to what we talked about on the podcast because we did talk a little bit about like just waste. Yeah, if you like, I think I'm keenly aware about waste because we're. I'm at the cabin and I'm bringing trash back and forth and recycling back and forth. There's so much packaging waste. Yeah,
1: I know. That's a hard one. Hey, we do, uh, you know, uh, we do have a... Oh, we don't have a call. I thought we had a (laughs) caller. No, never mind. Um, But there was, uh, there's a lot of like, you know, when you're like doing your parties last week was 4th of July. And we obviously had so much. But I, and we have a compost thing, you know, and it's kind of like putting things in. And I just realized... You know, big thing is like, and we did talk about food waste, how much I am very, very aware of like what gets thrown away and what gets eaten. And I had to throw away some peaches because they had the fruit flies on them. And I was like, and they were, I mean, they were gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I was cutting. There was barely anywhere to cut off and eat. <laughs> I was going to say, saying. I
2: know Stephanie March. She did just cut off that. I cut off part. as much as I could, but it was, those were. <laughs> you were left with nothing. Yeah, I got nothing. So, so do was, you compost that? Yeah. I, just, I need to get one of those bins. Yeah.
1: Well, I have one. So I have I have two composts. I have a yard compost in the backyard, and that's where I throw I throw leaves. I throw you know whenever like a plant dies, you know we or even like rhubarb leaves, leaves. everything. Yeah. I throw them all in there. I don't churn it as much as I should. And Elizabeth Reese is always like, "It's so easy, just churn it." Well, I'm trying, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, and then we have a compost program. So, you know, we just Yeah, they don't have that
2: in Saint Paul. They we barely have, have trash removal. Okay. Yeah, I, know, I know. And then that's the trash a touchy removal subject we have... Do. Don't get me started on Saint Paul trash removal and snow plowing. No, we won't. I'll start calling out Melvin Carter again.
1: Okay, let's talk though about your pickling situation. You said you're gonna pickle some radishes, I think.
2: I yeah. Let's talk about that. Okay, okay. fickle, which is an Instagram handle. I got turned onto it actually by Amanda Pa from Heartbeat Kitchen, who's going to be a guest with us in the second hour. Okay. She had pickled these radishes. And, you know, I'm trying to find ways to eat radishes because I have a whole nother row growing. Oh, you do? have done the butter and the salt. I replanted. Oh, yeah.
1: I've ha- I can't find my seeds again. I got to go back and find Yeah, them.
2: we replanted. So And they've all sprouted. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to get another crop of radishes. I saw a really pretty jar of pickled radishes that were fermented. Oh. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. I ordered the fermenting book. I ordered a weight. What that, what fermenting book? It is called like um, is this lady from Fickle? She wrote this book and it's called um, Fermenting Your Veggies: The Book. Okay. Um. Her name is Amanda Pfeiffer, and I'll put it on the Facebook page. Okay. Um. But I got the weight for the mason jar. I'm gonna try and like pickle some things. Okay. Ferment.
1: All right. Pickling is not hard.
2: There's pickling and there's fermenting. That's true.
1: I was going to say, it just depends on what... Fermenting,
2: pickling is like boiling, pasteurizing, hot water, brine situation. Yeah. Uh, Fermenting is typically salt and air and covering it with um, water and plastic. Okay. Or a glass weight, in my case, that I'll just stick into the jar that keeps the vegetables submerged.
1: Because they need to not float? Yes. They can't be
2: exposed to the air.
1: Oh, to any air.
2: Yep. In order for them to um, ferment. ferment. Okay. Not like full on like hermetically sealing them, but, and you don't want to get fruit flies and stuff on them too. Yeah. Because they're sitting on your counter.
1: But you're covering them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. Let's have
2: it. And then I'm going to bring them to you and eat it because then you have to eat them in a certain amount of time or then they go bad.
1: Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm there for some pickled radishes. I just, I just literally popped a bunch out of the ground and like. Rub the dirt off. I we had on the fourth. It's like I pulled them up out of the ground and brought them up to the patio and just said, "Rub the dirt off. We're gonna eat them." Like that was my offering. It's great. Rub the dirt off. Yeah. Story of our lives Story of our lives. All right, you guys. We have a great show today. We have a lot of fun things. We have some great people coming in. We're going to be talking to John from Tattersall about yeah. their fourth anniversary. We've got Amanda Pa coming in, like you just said, and we are going to talk about some s'mores tech. Which there is a question over on the Facebook page. If you want to get over there, I want to know what your s'mores tech is. I want to know. Do you have like. Like, you know, a specific marshmallow you use is there a candy bar that's better than others? Do you have any tips, any tricks? I'm here for your shut em uppers. We can talk that all day long. Yeah, if you don't I'm know convinced what that is,
2: nobody thinks about s'mores as much as you do. I
1: know. If you, <laughs> 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 I feel like you are on an island of
2: s'moreville, this and the rest true. of us are like, huh, oh, there's oh, stuff March over there yeah, making, a, making s'more. a s'more.
1: And then when I make one for you, though, you're like, oh, can you make me another? I don't know. That I've happens after that. I know. It's
2: going to happen. Not we your speeches. We're going to talk about speeches
1: All right. We're going to be right back. This is the Weekly Dish brought to you by El Burrito Mercado. Hey, everybody. Nice welcome nice. back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. Guess what today is, Hanson? Uh, national something bologna sandwich day. Because <laughs> there's always it something is. like that. It absolutely probably is. But it is uh, also... I know there are too many of those. I know. To be quite honest, I celebrate... I mean, when they come by, you know, as a media person, we get a ton of press releases and stuff. I get so many like it's National, you know, Cherry Day, and then it's National Ice Cube Day, and then the next day is National Grilled Cheese Day. And then- why don't
2: we have a National Pickle Roll Up Day? I know they should.
1: They really That'd should be your day. I know it would be my day. Um, no, today and this weekend is the Co-op Farm Tour. Oh, I love this thing. Let's and talk I've about never been, this. And I I'm know always you sad. haven't, and I'm really, and it's usually because on Saturdays. In the summer you yeah. take off and go up north and so you don't have time. But I'm telling you, there's actually a way that you could you could hit some farms on your way up.
2: Let's talk about Let's it. Let's talk
1: about it. So what the co-op farm tour is, it's happening today and it's basically uh it's you know sponsored by I think the local co-op situation. Yep. And there's a little guide you can pick up at the co-op, but it's also online, which I put a link up. We're gonna put a link up on the on the Website because it's uh it's the Eat Local Farm Tour Guide that you're looking for and here's what the thing is is like these farms in the metro area and wide open up their doors basically today and you can just drive around you can just plan a little trip like get in your car and it's gonna be a great day for driving actually I think yeah um and you can just try to na- like and you can basically pop into these farms and the farmers are hanging out waiting to talk to you and waiting to hang out and do things and show you their farm and talk about why they grow, how they grow, what they grow. And I think it's just kind of fun because it's the thing that I think in the Twin Cities we have that other major cities do not have in terms of the farms are within our quick-driving reach. And it's our opportunity to see and and taste things that and and learn about where our food comes from locally that people don't get. I will say, too, in those of you that are laughing, like, Because I'm
2: having this garden now in Ely and I'm actually growing things from a seed that then I'm nurturing and then I'm eating and it is delightful. Yes. Like understanding, because I've always had farm shares and I've loved them. Yeah. And to be able to do some of that myself and feel that joy of growing something from a seed. I mean, you'd think I'm curing cancer over here. Yeah, I know. It feels like it's the most amazing thing that's ever happened because it's happening
1: to me. To you. Yes. Well, it and I, reese recent. I the past summers have talked about how it's um, it's like free food. All of a sudden you're like, there's free food over there. <laughs> even though it, wasn't even free. though it
2: costs you three times as much uh, it, as if you just bought a farm. Sure. It wasn't
1: free, but nonetheless, it's kind of like there's, it's just sitting there and you you just get to pick it up and you get to eat it and it's free food. And if you're doing it's it right, that you
2: guys, it's like it's free food.
1: It's free food. And it's like, you know, your radishes though, it's like, you didn't have to drive to the store to get them. You nope. didn't have to, you know, they're just there for you. So I do love that aspect of it, but this is a great opportunity to go. And and for people like you who are just sort of discovering the joys of growing things, to really learn about what it's like on a bigger scale. But also, I mean, farmers are up there and out there for talking about tips and tricks. And you can definitely go in and be like, I'm totally just a novice gardener. I'm not a farmer, but
2: have you ever fermented a radish, Mr. Farmer? Exactly.
1: So- I
2: I feel like um I feel like if I was thirty years ago, yeah. I would be a farmer. Like I think if think I so? had my life to do over again, I could have been a farmer. Yeah. That has really turned me on. I think that's a positive I'm really excited about it. I
1: think that you could do that. I really and I I'm think that you old. you're well you could well yeah. I mean, I could like, you are be just a too, real... it's not that you're too old. Let me be clear. I didn't go, yeah, because you're too old, but you are too, you are too ingrained in your life. Yeah. And this is just... the point that farmers' lives, it's a real job. You yes. Don't, you can dabble as a gardener. That's the same thing as someone who's like, we're cooks. We are not chefs. Yes. That is the difference. One is a profession and one is a hobby. And I am a hobbyist and a dabbler. Yeah. I don't have
2: the attention span to do any one thing too long. No. But I so admire it. No.
1: But let me let's talk a little bit about what you can do on this farm tour yes. because it starts today at 10 a.m. So in like about half an hour you can kick it off and it goes till four. And if you go to the guide online, you can see that there are interactive activities. People have goods for sale. Some people have live music today at their farms. Um, and basically, they've plotted it out so that there's urban farm. They put it into a couple regions for you. There's the urban region, so you can stay in the city. And basically there's, I think there's three in the, in the city region. There's the east. Which is gonna be kind of uh west, you know, East Metro St. Paul, but also western Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of stuff in Wisconsin you can hit up. Uh there's the southeast region, which is down by La Crosse. Um, and if you want to take a gorgeous drive down in Bluff Country. Oh, and Hickston,
2: Wisconsin is where my friend Miles is. He's yeah. farm, and there's a farm open there and he's got his little grandchildren. Oh, you text should him.
1: text him, yeah. In the south, we're talking Fairbowl, Cannon Falls you know, Bell Plaine, gorgeous area down there. And then in the West is uh kind of out by me, you know, and it's sort of out, that's the one that I did last year. So last year we talked about this. And then last year, Matt, who was still living with me, but was living, um was also sort of thinking about you know, being a farmer, he literally, because he's a geologist, right? So he's always thinking about the ground and and the way that the climate works with the ground and the history of the ground. And so farming was, organic farming was something he was interested in. We basically ran into, we went out to Riverbend at Delano uh, Farms and he talked to Greg Reynolds and we just sort of Hung out with him. We ate kale. He was doing a kale study so that, like, he was like, I want you guys to taste each one of these kales, these kale leaves. And we just put them, tore a little piece, put it in your mouth. He's like, I want you to rate them on this thing. And he was like, it was a study he was doing about which kale he was going to grow. So cool, right? Yeah, that is cool. So those are the kind of things that are happening. But there's also things like, I mean, that's kind of, if you're going to feel about packing your kid up, you know, setting some coordinates, they have a route for you to take if you want to follow their routes. But there's things like, Wagon rides and hay rides. There's uh, samplings, live music, all that kind of good stuff.
2: Two things. Okay. So Shepherd's Way Farm is the goat cheese people, and it's sheep cheese. They're fantastic. Sheeps, sheep. Sorry. Yeah. They're fantastic. Um. So check that out. And they're in the south, I believe. And then Ferndale Farm Market, which is near Cannon Falls, yeah, is open. I would go down there, and then I would make kind of a day of it, and I would go to the New Supper Club. Oh, Falls Landing that J.D. Gratzky is working on in Cannon Falls. It looks beautiful.
1: This, this, the South Tour is an awesome one to take. And I'm going to tell you what. Gray's Farm, which is in Faribault, it's a chicken farm. They have the best eggs, you guys. I got to try some of their eggs from a friend. And they are delicious orange, orange orangey yolk, beautiful, lovely eggs. And they have ducks, chickens, pigs, goats, dogs, cats, everybody living in harmony. It's a repurposed dairy farm. And they have narrated walking tours on the hour. This is Gray's Farm. You can hand out. Then you can go to Little Big Sky Farm where they are naturally grown produce, flowers, CSAs. But then go to Ferndale Market. Because seriously, Ferndale Market's going to have food. They're going to have shopping. Turkeys. Turkeys. I mean, Ferndale Market. Turkey sandwiches. They've got hayride tours. This is, you know, and then you go to Shepherd's Way. And they have guarded tours and they've got the best cheese on the planet. And then, you know, there's a TC Farm is in Dundas. Hope Creamery is down there. Yeah. You delicious. can go eat some butter. serious butter. And then, and then, uh, and also in Dundas is uh, Keepsake Cidery. Oh, I like their cider. I know. So you could also, and they have a great little tasting room and tap room there too. So that's a really good option to go. Um, I'm going to tell you that you're heading north, right? So you're sort of... Which one is that one? That's gonna actually gonna be west. Yeah, I think you're, I was trying to find you one to hit on your way. There's not. I already looked. Did you look? Okay. Well, if you're gonna head out west by me, you guys literally Ames farm riverbend farm we've talked about that the mighty axe hop farm is on the list this year that's the guy that we talked to that grew the hops two weeks ago eric was just here and you can walk the hop yards i mean my god you guys this is so cool so anyway so we're gonna put up a thing i really hope you guys get out there and learn and just kind of go visit it's a great time to check it out meet your farmers it's really low key like, last year, we just wa we wandered up to farm to farm and just, like, hung out. We hit the gas station on the way and got, like, you know, waters and car snacks, and it was fun. I loved it. World's largest candy store, probably. Yeah, that's out <laughs> in Belle Plaine. Well, no it's we on the way. I hit that. Not, you know. All right, we're going to take a quick break, you guys. When we come back, we are going to talk something a little bit more high-proof than farms. We'll be right back. This is The Weekly Dish, brought to you by El Burrito Mercado.
2: Welcome back. We are The Weekly Dish, presented by our friends at El Burrito Mercado, who make every day a good day to go and eat on their patios, Minneapolis or St. Paul. And we are here with another good friend of ours, our friend from Tattersall. I should turn your microphone on. We were so excited talking during the break that I didn't prepare you. Uh,
1: Yeah, we're good. Okay,
2: there you go. I was really excited because he brought in Mm. this bottle of Northeast Whiskey that is in conjunction with Indeed Brewing. We were talking about how oats make whiskey creamy, and you would be one of the only people besides Stephanie March that would know such a thing.
0: <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of people out I there. Know. I'm just, There's you plenty know. of
1: people.
2: I was like, "Oats, oh, yeah, who knew? Uh, John, you guys are having your fourth anniversary.
0: We are. Is this it is hard a-
2: to believe that it's been four years?
0: Uh, at some points, it, it's hard to believe it's been four years, and at other points, it feels like it's been 24 100. years. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
2: That is such a true small business person statement. <laughs> like, wow, it's really been all that. It's
1: your entire life. <laughs> Essentially, it's not like yeah. that's the difference, right? It's not like wake up and go. It's like no, it's everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: And you and Dan are business partners and
2: have really built quite a business over there in Northeast Minneapolis. You have how many SKUs do you have now? Is it thirty?
0: We probably have about twenty four in stores, but there's we make probably thirty different spirits. Yeah, there's a lot that's only for the cocktail room, and then there's special releases like the Northeast whiskey or uh, the, the Chef Justin Sutherland collaboration we just did, or we just did a, a special whiskey with Lund's and Barley's as well.
1: Oh, cool. okay. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: Huh. Keep it fresh.
1: Does everybody kind of want to play with you? Is that the deal now?
0: I hope. Oh. I think that's <laughs> I,
1: true. I think they're like, hey, other people are playing with those guys. Let's go play with <laughs> they them. They look fun. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know. We've yeah, that's
0: had some fun with it.
2: That's fun. We've talked so much about the bootlegger vodka, and that it's a distilled vodka with the mint and the lime citrus in it, And then you just serve it with soda water and the flap of mint, if you're feeling (laughs) fancy, and the lime. How has that been going for you? Are people really just enjoying that as a
0: spirit? The response has been amazing. It's been great. And it's exactly what we hope for. It's just really easy, refreshing, wonderful drink for the summer.
2: I was at uh, W.A. Frost, and the lady I was with was like, can I have that bootlegger from Tattersall? She, like, (laughs) called it out, and I looked at her, and she's like, what? It's good. And the server's like, you know what's so funny? We don't have it, but, like, people keep asking for it. What is it? So we told her, and she's like, well, we have this mix that we make, but that's not the same. And we're like, no, you need to call your people at Tattersall and tell them that you need to get it in here.
0: Sounds like we need to get over there. Yeah, because she said, like, like people have been asking her. Get Mr.
2: Oski on his
1: his bike. Exactly. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, on his bike, does he go selling? He just he just runs around and okay talks on his about bike door to door. I don't know if he gets on his bike. That was just I a hope little he does. Fight.
0: He he's actually in New York City right now, getting a little time away and uh, catching a show and relaxing.
2: He this is uh, his business partner Dan Oski, who is the sales guy, and he's just on the road like twenty four seven constantly and hearing about like how he tries to maintain his like girlfriend life and his home life and his life. Was just really interesting when I talked to him on the podcast a while back.
0: Yeah, we're, we distribute our products now in 23 states. And so he's constantly in another state uh, checking in and, and and selling product.
2: When you started the business, did you th- have any idea it would go like this? Like, did you feel like you could be in all these states and that that's how it would go?
0: I mean, that was the plan. It that's, was. That's the plan you put down on paper. But then to actually see it come to reality is it's been pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, you must be real proud. Very proud. Um, what is the like? Oh, I never saw this coming! Kind of moment that you've had.
0: I think it's just the the continued expansion of our space and the the um, just the expansion of sales throughout the state too, and people really gravitating towards the brand and and seeing it just kind of explode.
2: It's pretty fun to go into like a bar. Um, I'm trying to think of a specific bar. I was up in Ely, so maybe this is where I thought of it. But and you see, like you know, eight bottles a Tattersall, yeah and just knowing that that's like a local company that's right down the road that's you that's Dan that's Bentley that's your guys your women going and making this product and here I am and I'm ordering it it just feels really like personal
0: yeah i, I honestly i always get excited walking into a bar or restaurant and seeing the product on the on the shelf yeah
2: it's pretty exciting
1: yeah will you tell us a little bit about why the name is tattersall
0: so we spent, I mean, it was probably four or five months working on the name. We looked at all the classic Minnesota names, the Northwoods names, the Nordic names. Uh, my sister's actually a designer for, for Target, and she's a textile designer. And so we started playing around with textiles and as names. And the first one we came across was Houndstooth. And Houndstooth's a really cool name. It feels more like a Southern whiskey. Yeah. And there's also a French company that owned the rights that wouldn't sell it to us. <laughs>
2: So, so there's that. So, so there's
0: we, that. So we kept moving. And then we came across At, at the time, we thought it was going to take a long time to get our licensing. So we were working on a line of tonics, which my mother still bothers me about weekly. Oh. But <laughs> we still haven't gotten that. She's one. like,
1: where's the tonic? Where's
0: the tonic? Where's the tonic? Um, but and so we started playing with Tattersall, Tattersall Tonic, and then Tattersall Spirits. And the more we played with it, the more we liked it. And it's a name. Tattersall is a classic English plaid. Two colors crosswoven on a white or cream background. Uh, and we were able to color code kind of this, the bottles. And the name's really unique in that people recognize it but don't know what it is. Yeah. And so they don't have that connection. So they can make the connection with our brand. Uh, and then it's also the original horse brokerage house in the UK dating back to the 1700s. Still in existence today. People would buy a horse at auction. They'd put a different colored tattersall blanket on the back to differentiate the buyer's. Uh, and so all the liqueurs have the horse on it. Yeah. And so horse people know it and they love it and yeah. they get really psyched about it. But yeah, it's, it's I heard a woman well.
1: describing exactly what it was out in the boondocks, you know, cause it's yeah. horse country out there. And we were at this little bar, our friend and I, and this woman goes, What's that tatter? She's like, What does that mean? And her friend just pipes in and just starts in the horse, you know, blanket yeah. thing. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't know if I knew that. You mm. know what I mean?
2: What is yeah. interesting about that though is you picked a name that, Had some recognition for some people, but for a lot of people, there wasn't a recognition. So that would become
0: your brand association. Yeah. Yeah absolutely and what we like to say is Dan and I have been friends since second grade and it's the two colors crosswoven together to create this this bigger thing it's it's we like to say it's me and Dan's backgrounds crossing over coming together Aww. to create this this bigger yeah that item, almost made brand. me tear up a little bit well and I
1: do think there's something to say about the way that you know of course we have a lot of distilleries in town now mm-hmm. you know more than we ever have but when you and I and Dan sat down that very first time at Brassa before anything was set or done or I don't know if you guys had even signed the space yet or not. No,
0: it was like five years ago.
1: Yeah, and we were like, they're like, we want to do this thing and it was so clear to me that the marriage of these two skill sets was going to set things apart. And it completely and clearly has, you know, in terms of Dan's artistry and the way that he envisions cocktails because he's been in bars. He's he's worked in the industry and he's created so many things for so long. And for you and that sort of business aspect and understanding, you know, the bigger picture of things. And that's really this wonderful weaving that really marries into the name in my mind because you guys each have those perspectives and you marry them so well. And know your
2: lanes too. like you are so in your lane of like operations and the books. And he's so in his lane of like sales and understanding what it's like to be in a bar or restaurant culture to have a good partner in a business too, like knowing what your lanes are and having the trust with your partner to stay in your lane and to trust that they know their lane like that's really hard.
0: It's kind of scary looking back on it. How lucky we got! That's how
2: I felt too. Because exactly. I mean, it's like
0: a marriage, yeah. And, and you get into it, and you you don't know the warts, you don't know the difficult things, and you get into it. And we've been incredibly fortunate in that we both have our own specialties. We don't step on each other's toes, and it's worked out so well. Because at one point we were thinking about bringing a third partner in who had more of a business background. And it, it wouldn't have turned out the same. Yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: yeah. So what's it now? I know that you guys are this collaboration thing is kind of new, you know, I mean, like it's not new, but it's definitely something that you're turning towards and you're kind of leaning into what and I know that there's a secret cask of bubbling <laughs> things in that in that in that room back there that I'm very excited when that gets done. But I mean, what is your future with Tattersall? Like when you can say now that you've done four years and what's the next what are the next
0: levels? I mean, the, the collaborations, as you've seen, they're, they're one off their smaller batches. They aren't huge things. A lot of it is just to, to keep it fun and light. Um, I mean, for the distillers now, they're, they're producing, the quantities that they're producing are kind of massive. And so to be doing that every day, it's fun to have little side projects to keep them interested, to keep them, you know, it's excited like a tasting menu doing. for them. Yeah. Cause exactly. they're chefs, right? Yeah. And a lot of it, it's fun. Like the, you know, the, what we did with Luns, it was, Three barrels we wanted to try. We wanted to do a hundred percent wheat whiskey, which we'd never seen before. And we're like, well, let's just try to do this and see how it works out. It worked out amazingly well. And so, you know, we we can either sell that through the cocktail room or we can partner up with somebody like Lund's and they came in and they're like, This is wonderful. We want this for our stores. Oh, so, good. so there's fun stuff like that. And it's it's more on the smaller side. Um but, for the big picture, we we got some big surprises coming over the next twelve months, <laughs> collaborations and not but more we're, than we're the bootlegger because that just oh, yeah. blew the
2: doors off of
0: yeah we're gonna we, we got a couple of really fun ideas coming. okay,
2: yeah. uh, invite people to your fourth birthday party tomorrow
0: fourth birthday party we're celebrating all week. We had the current and we had a big party earlier this week, but Sundays our big party. Uh, we brought back a bunch of old cocktails from the original menu. Uh, Ted Leo is going to be playing. He's the headliner. Haley Bonner is also going to be playing. We have slushies. We have a bunch of fun prizes and We have Galen stuff. Lee, too. She's really fun. It's going to be a great day. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a ton of fun. We have a huge stage set up outside, so don't worry. We're not trying to jam it all inside. It's, uh, <laughs> but it's it's free. Come enjoy it. Drink specials. It's just kind of a celebration uh, of of kind of what we've created.
2: I'm really excited for you guys. It's been great. And I want to just touch on, I, I put a, on my Instagram post, A blueberry gin and tonic. (laughs) And everybody is like, what is this blueberry vodka, blueberry gin? It is blueberry vodka. It's like, it's a tattersall blueberry vodka. And then you use, I use the tattersall gin. And I use like an ounce and a half of the blueberry vodka to an ounce of the blueberry, or to an ounce of the gin. And then I just put like soda water or tonic, whatever feels good to you. I usually use tonic. And I put a sprig of thyme in there and a little citrus and people are just going crazy.
0: Yeah, so. it's wonderful. If you if you go to the stores, ask for the blueberry liqueur. Liqueur. It'll be in the liqueur section. Uh, it's it's wonderful. Beautiful color, beautiful flavor.
2: Yeah, it really is a great summer drink. So thanks for coming in, John.
0: Thank you so much for having
2: us. Yeah, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, kids. So if you want to dial us up with a question, the number is 651. 651- Six four one one zero seven one. You can also hit us up on the Twitter. You can hit us up on the Facebooks. You know all the things. All the things. That's right. Where you can ask your questions
2: about where should I go where if I'm I I in the Western suburbs for brunch? Um, where would you go if you were in the Western suburbs for brunch, Stephanie?
1: I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sunday mornings are sort of my like. Church time on the road, so I basically go running, and then I mow my lawn in the summertime. This is what I'm doing. Okay. I'm I'm going running, and then I mow my lawn. I don't go out for brunch, really. Here's Shelly's question. Okay, Shelly's question.
2: Uh, She's hosting her in-laws for a 50th anniversary party tonight, and she wants to make a caprese salad. What do I dress it with?
1: Olive oil. Done. Stop. Stop. (laughs) Full stop. Don't do anything else. Don't mix it up. Can we talk about the fact that I am over... Balsamic. Well, no, we all know I'm over balsamic. But I'm not over balsamic. Real good balsamic, I love it. It's the sticky glaze stuff that makes me crazy. That I don't want... It changes the entire... Like a good balsamic is tart and rich and earthy and a little bit dusty, you know, in your your face. And the balsamic glaze that people take and buy... And don't buy it at the grocery store in the squeeze bottle. That's not balsamic. And then they go and they put it on everything. That's just... That's just sugaring. It's a weird sugary thing.
2: Yeah. So how would you make? You'd have your caprese
1: balls, no, your tomato balls. No. No. What I do, and this is the best way to do this is because I'm saying so. <laughs> Is you take big, get tomatoes, like get heirloom tomatoes and slice them up. Make slices. You can make the most gorgeous pat platter. I guarantee you if you do it like this, people will be like freaked out at like how beautiful it is. Slice your heirloom tomatoes and make, you know, like half moons all over the place on your platter. Then you, if you want to throw a couple like little balls of tomato, you know, cherry tomatoes in there for snackiness. Those are the punctuation marks. Those are not the main sentence. Then you want to take a bunch of basil and just either chiffonade it, you know, chop it, so or that tear, it's, yeah, or tear it, and just sort of sprinkle it all over. And then you take your fresh mozzarella, and I'm not kidding, take a take a big hunk of fresh mozzarella, like a ball, and you can buy those at the grocery store, and start and rip that apart so there's these big craggy hunks of it all over. Then all you literally have to do is take a bottle of the super good uh, extra virgin olive oil, good olive oil, really fruity first pressing is ideal for this and you just you spread it all over and you just kind of go blah, 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 and you sh- kind of hit the whole tray with it and then you go fresh Maldon salt flakes and cracked pepper done Done, done, done. Speaking of olive oil. Yes, girl. We have a caller, an anonymous caller, who is on their way to an emergency. They're in an emergency. They're going to a picnic. <laughs> They've made an oriental salad, but the dressing that they use, they put too much olive oil. And they want to know how to cut down on the strong olive oil taste, if it is at all possible. Well, and I wonder what else is in that dressing. But basically, any acid you're going to add to that is going to cut the fat. Okay. So, it's those, those dressings are you know acids and fats. So, it's like if you have a fatty olive oil... And it's too much. I'd add more lime or more citrus, lemon, whatever you need on that, and shake that up. That would mm-hmm. be the best. Could be rice vinegar too. Could be for rice an vinegar Asian salad. Yeah, if it, that's it, then that yeah, I would add a little bit of an acid to that fat. That is going to help. Yeah, actually, rice wine vinegar would be great with that. If she's desperate, yeah, toasted sesame ginger salad, girl,
2: shake that up. That is available at Lund's and Byerly's or Kowalski's, and that would give it a little bit different taste than the olive oil flavor. I know I'm not sure how soupy it is.
1: It's it's like if it's already on the salad and it's kind of soupy, yeah. I think if she just hits it with sauce and acid, that's going to be her win. That's for sure. There you go. Uh, Tracy,
2: what is the recipe for the blueberry gin and tonic? Love the show. Tracy, I just gave it out, so I hope you got it. (laughs) 1.5 ounces of blueberry tattersall liqueur. Liqueur and one ounce of tattersall gin, and then either tonic or soda water or elderflower tonic, whatever you have, and then you put a little thyme in there and a squeeze of lemon or lime.
1: So it's a liqueur, and it's the gin, and then your tonic.
2: And the reason we're saying liqueur is technically the blueberry is a vodka, but they sell it in the it's technically liqueur, a liqueur area. But it's just flavored vodka It's really.
1: Yeah, but I mean, what that's is. what a liqueur It's Well, it's a it's a flavored spirit. You know, it's a pure spirit. But I think when you get into vodka, you put into people's place that into they're looking in
2: the vodka section. Yeah. yeah that's and so when you say liqueurs, point.
1: it's like that's what chartreuse is a liqueur. You wouldn't say chartreuse is a flavored vodka. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Now I do. Yeah. And so that's, chartreuse who's chartreuse?
2: buying chartreuse. What do you do with chartreuse? Oh
1: man, I tell you what, chartreuse is It's a hot. super flavorful... 59 herbs or something like yeah. that in there. It's super herbal, it's super boozy, it's like a super high-proof thing, Um, but it's kind of delicious with, a, and especially in the summer, I do it like a lillet. You know, like a little bit, and then in a glass, and then I kind of water it down, and then... What with, do you water it down, with water? With, wa- with water, Okay. Yeah. And I, you know, you can do like a spritzer with it, and then you get this really kind of, and jam it with uh mint leaves for some reason. I love this and then a lemon and it's sort of this it's a little bit like sounds good yeah it's like a it's the same thing as any liqueur if you want to like it's a great sipper if you want an after dinner thing if you're sitting on the patio at night you know after a big barbecued meal a little sipper of a high proof alcohol is kind of a nice you know we've been
2: uh, drinking that tartar salt rum on the rocks for a little sipper
1: yeah (laughs) but I mean even just like those liqueurs because sometimes people they they feel like they buy these liqueurs and they're sitting there and they're like I don't know what to do with it and you know like it's, it's so much fun flavor in such a small space and then they feel like they they don't know what to you know how to expand it and for me it's like just pouring a you know like a little tiny s- snifter of it's yeah. really kind of or soda
2: water too if and it's the right liqueur. that's the other
1: side is like the other side is adding to it to make it more of a cocktail that's for sure all right all right we do have dawn on the line hey dawn what's going on Hi, today dawn. for you
0: hi i was calling to see if you had a good recommendation for a brunch for teens i want to take my 16 year old and 18 year old nieces to a cool place
1: Hmm.
2: cool place for brunch
1: so i'm wondering if betty dangers yes is does brunch um i they think do. that they do Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they just switched their menu over. Betty Dangers is, and I'm saying this mostly because Jake, you know, my teenager and I went to the Burger Dive Northeast, and Betty Dangers was across the street, and he's like, why have we never been there? Yeah, it looks
2: really fun. (laughs) And I was
1: like, I guess I forgot. But it's, you know, you know what it is? It's got like the Ferris wheel wheel and the faux fun stuff. I think that's kind of a fun place to go. That's a great idea. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Good luck. Uh, Here's a
2: question. Uh, Hello. Last fall, I bought a half a heritage pig, and the pork has been amazing, although different than what you get at the grocery store. She's left with a couple of pork hocks. Any idea what to do with them? I 100% know what you should do with your pork hocks, Danielle. (laughs) You should make beans. You should either make white beans or baked beans, but make beans, find a recipe, use that pork cock in there. It'll be delicious. So just stew it up. Yep. And then pick the Braise meat off it and
1: put it, put it back into your beans. I'm 100% there for that. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to give you the second hour of Weekly Dish brought to you by El Burrito Mercado.